I'm Bill. And I'm T-Dog. And this is Two Films, Two, films, two, curious. two curious. Where the two of us watch two movies. And we're curious about them. Except that's not what we're doing today, because this is a special feature. And it's our end-of-the-year wrap-up special feature. It's a special, special feature. A special, special feature feature, indeed. Featuring us. Featuring <laughs> us. And a bunch of features we've watched this year. <laughs> So, as I'm certain all of you avid listeners are aware, uh, the way that our year ends up breaking up based on when we started this operation is in February. Mm -hmm. So, our first year, uh, we ended up having a lot of movies where we talked about adaptation. Our second year, we ended up having a lot of movies where we talked about sequels. Uh, And in the future, we will have other themes like that. And at the end of this episode, we'll tell you what our theme is for the third year. Because I can't remember if we told you last time. We may have. So don't fast forward. You have to listen all the way through. Right. There's no fast forward on podcast episodes you'll find. There's not like a scroll bar you can click or like if you skip ahead on Spotify, it doesn't advance 15 seconds or anything like that. That's not how it works. So uh, before we do that, though, um, thank you to our patrons on Patreon, uh, co-tagonists Nick and Chris, who are longstanding patrons, and we appreciate their patronage. <clears throat> as well as two films, three curious alum, Brenda, who uh, is the sponsor of What Do You Do MCU, which will happen later on in the episode mm-hmm. where we'll talk about Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, but let's talk about this year so far. Tyler, what did you learn about sequels this year? I learned that mostly I like them. Yeah, I think that I learned that too. I think that I learned that... Uh, Maybe I always I mean, knew that in my heart, but... Yeah. Like... Made me think about it really. In some, in in a lot of cases, I like the sequels more than the originals. I think that one of the things that I learned is that I can I can enjoy a sequel separate from its other movies. Sometimes mm-hmm. uh, I know that uh, generally speaking, and I think we talked about this on the Harry Potter, not not the Harry Potter one, the Lord of the Rings, Star Wars one, that I like the introduction of a world more than the story told in that world. And so, generally, I like the first of a series as opposed to this more than the sequels. But Mm -hmm. I think that what I learned this year is that doesn't mean that I don't like the sequels. I love the sequels. If someone was like, do you want a hundred dollars? And I was like, yeah. And they're like, actually we only have 99. I'm not going to like kick him in the dick or anything. (laughs) Like I'm going to be like, Oh yeah, $99. That's also super dope. Thank you so much. (laughs) I really hope our stimulus checks are more than $99. (laughs) Me too. Anyways, uh, the first half of this episode, or the first little chunk of this episode, we're going to talk about uh, sort of the bottom half of our list for this particular season of Two Films, Too Curious. We watched Mm -hmm. 22 movies, uh, which if you're thinking, hey, the math is off, you're right. I think that there was some hiccup associated with whether or not we did what we did in February or something. But this year, there's only 22 instead of 24. It's fine. Uh, We'll talk about our, our lower half. We'll talk about mm-hmm. Guardians, and then we'll talk about our upper half, and then we'll talk about our new year. So, <clears throat> Tyler, tell me your uh, fir- your five from number 12. 12 down? Yeah. So I have number 12, Shallon Soccer, Going Down, and then Terminator 2, Rise of the Machines, Alien, Scrooged, and Ready Player One. Honestly, I feel like, I mean, well, we'll probably talk about this a little bit later, too, that I feel like, all things considered, this was a pretty good year. Yeah, now, there's not a lot of movies on this list that I, I didn't straight up dislike necessarily. Was there in that five? Was there any there that you were like boo on this movie? Or are we still in movies that you generally? Oh, we're some movies that, that I enjoyed. In fact, right. I think I enjoyed everything on this list in some way. 
You know, I would have to agree. I think in some way I enjoyed everything on this list. I feel like there's a big gap between my 21st favorite movie and my 22nd Mm -hmm. favorite movie on this list. But other than that, I enjoyed pretty much all of them. This was a pretty good year. No Dungeons and Dragons on this list. No, no. No. Although I almost had us watch Dungeons and Dragons too, but I figured that's we already had that conversation. (laughs) Too much, too dragon. Anyways, let's see. My bottom... Or the first of my bottom, these five, number 12 mm-hmm. on, <clears throat> is uh, surprisingly Thor Ragnarok, Metallica Through the Never, There Will Be Blood, Ready Player wow. One, and Repo the Genetic Opera. So I guess Ready Player One is really sort of the one that of the of the list so that far that ties us together. Yeah. yeah, there's not a lot of, I feel like <clears throat> for me at least, ranking them was pretty hard to do. It was sort of like, well, I yeah. really enjoy both of these movies. They all seem pretty middle for me. I'm going to guess Thor Ragnarok is a lot higher on your list than yes. mine, though, yeah. That is true. I thought that might be the case. And then we're about to get to a couple of the ones you said when I say my bottom six. <laughs> <laughs> tell them. Tell them your bottom six. So it's Repo, uh-huh. Surrogates, There Will Be Blood, Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, which I love that movie, so the fact that it's so low just says that the movies are good, too. Yeah. Metallica Through the Never, and then bottom of the list... Pacific Rim Uprising. (laughs) My bottom list, uh, obviously, I guess I think it's uh, interesting that Repo the Genetic Opera is just one away on my list. Uh, But my Mm -hmm. bottom of the list is uh, Blade Runner 2049, Surrogates, Terminator 2, Royal Tenenbaums, Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, and then Pacific Rim Uprising. You've got all three of the, like, transhuman... (laughs) yeah i didn't think about that i do don't i four five of them because it's ready player one repo blade runner and surrogates that's that's all all transhuman right there i think that for me when i was putting together like my favorites i Mm -hmm. i love them all so it was a lot easier for me to put them put them together uh like the likelihood of me rewatching them soon you know and so I think that I mean Royal Tenenbaums is a it's a phenomenally made movie. It's an amazingly made movie, but I don't see my. I mean, it's not one that I watch regularly. I've seen it, yeah. I think two or three times total, which is not that much for me. <laughs> I rewatch a lot of movies a lot of the time, so I think that it's fair. I, I'm not surprised that Pacific Rim Uprising is our lowest for both. It just, I think my problem with Pacific Rim Uprising is the problem that we talked about off show together about my problems with some of the new Godzilla movies like you can do more. This is, this is surprising to say as someone that loves movies where robots beat the crap out of each other, but you can do more than make a movie where robots beat the crap out of each other. It doesn't have to just be that you can put something else in it. And I think that was what my, pro- that was why I, I am much more likely to watch Pacific Rim one than Pacific Rim two. You know? Oh yeah. I think it just did. I mean, we talked about it on the episode of course too, but it did like everything that a sequel shouldn't do necessarily. Yeah. And very few things that like makes sequels good. Yeah, I agree. Anyways, let's put a pin in that now and talk about Guardians of the Galaxy. <clears throat> so this week on this month, this period of time on what do you do MCU was Guardians of the Galaxy, which uh, I think is probably at least at this point, the most unique of the MCU movies. Oh, yeah. Even Certainly. factoring in what we talked about early with the earlier ones, how they all feel like they don't have the same language yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, for those of you who haven't seen or haven't seen in a while, 
opens on Earth in the 1980s. There's a little kid and his parent, his mom is in the hospital. She's dying of cancer. And the little kid, uh, they're like, come see your mom. And she's like, did you get in a fight at school? And he was like, yeah, they were being bullies. And so I beat him up. And she's like, don't do that. Here's a present. Uh, and then she dies. And they're like, kid, get out of the hospital because she's dead. And so he <laughs> runs away and uh, he goes out inside and then a spaceship picks him up. Time jump to present day. Uh, we see that same guy. He's out here uh, being his best Indiana Jones self, going to get mm-hmm. some treasure so he can keep it. He's in this ruin. It's all spacey, outer spacey, alieny. <clears throat> he gets the thing. It's just this weird looking ball. And then these people show up and they're like, that's our fucking ball. And he was like, I'm Star-Lord. And then peace is out. Uh, (laughs) He gets on his spaceship and he flies away. And uh, somebody calls him and he's like, hey, uh, that's our ball. And he was like, no, 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 it's fine. And he was like, the guy on the call was like, I picked you up when you were a kid and I didn't eat you. So you should be friends with me. And he was like, no, no, no. Anyways, he goes to try and find someone to sell it to. And the guy's like, I'm not going to sell it because you're not following the rules right. And I'm afraid of the people that want to buy it. Uh, and so he's like, Ugh, fine. And he leaves. And at that time, a green lady shows up and is like, my fucking ball and tries to fight him. Uh, and at the same time, a, a, a raccoon and a tree come up and they're like, no, 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 our ball. And they try and fight him. And so it really just sounds they, insane if you don't know these characters. Oh, so crazy. Anyways, <laughs> they all show they all get arrested. Uh, nobody gets the ball. They or I guess that's in his stuff because the cops don't know what it is. <clears throat> they get sent to jail. They get to the jail. It's a jail on an asteroid. And uh, then you find out that the green lady uh, works for Thanos uh, vis-a-vis another entity that he's really the one that wants the ball. And so uh, then they're going to kill her and Star-Lord's like, no. So they're they're tentative friends. Mm -hmm. Anyways, uh, they decide they're going to break out of jail. So they all get together. And they're like, we're going to break out of jail, but we got to get all the pieces together before we can do it. And the tree is like, fucking no, let's do it now. So they break out of jail. They get all their stuff. Uh, they're flying away. And mm-hmm. they're going to go. They go. They know a guy who's going to buy it. It's the collector. So they go to a mining uh, operation that's built inside of a giant creature that's dead. And they go there. And uh, the guy's like, yeah, I'll buy it. But do you know what's inside of it? And they're like, no. And he's like, it's an infinity stone. And he tells them about infinity stones. They're super powerful. If you touch it, you'll die because no, nobody's actually that powerful. So he opens it up and it's sitting there and he's like, all right, how much you want to buy? And then one of his slaves is like, hey, fuck you. And then touches the rock and it explodes. Turns out one of the guys they broke out of jail with called the guy that the green lady is working for because he's like, that guy killed my family. And so now Mm -hmm. he's coming here and they're like, what the, what did you do that for? We still got to sell this fucking rock. And so he shows up, kicks everybody's ass. And then he got the rock and he's going to go back to blow up the planet that they were on. <clears throat> so they all get together. They call the cops that arrested them the first time. They're like, hey, some shit's going down. They're going to try and kill you. We got to stop. And so they go. They all team up. They're going to fight him. Guy's got the rock. They explode the rock, but it didn't just get destroyed. And then he's going to do it. He's going to destroy the planet. And then they distract him. And then they kill him. And then they give the rock to the police. And the police are like, thank you for saving the whole planet. So we're not going to arrest you right now. Your, your records have been cleared. But from here on out, it's, we're back to zero. So if you do a bad thing, we'll arrest you. And they're like, is killing someone a bad thing? And they're like, yeah, don't do that. And they're like, okay. That's Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy. That's it. 
That's the whole. They really only guarded the one planet, but you know, right? They guard multiple planets as the series goes on. So I think that they they become guardians of the galaxy. And to be fair, had the man destroyed that planet, it would have done. It would the repercussions would have rippled out. So by guarding that planet, they did guard the galaxy. It's like if you guard the front door, you've guarded your whole house. Yeah, that's true. Because I live on the second floor and nobody's climbing up here. Is that a challenge? There's tiles on the ceiling of my building that are going to fall and crush your house. <laughs> that's real life. There's there's some chicanery going on in my apartment complex. Anyways, it doesn't matter. You got fun facts for us? I do have some fun facts. So... Vin Diesel recorded all the lines, obviously of Groot, but in every language that it's in. Yes, Russian, I love Mandarin, that one. Spanish, Portuguese, German, and French, because he wanted it to be his voice. I love every, that. I think that's so every cool. Version. Um, <clears throat> Chris Pratt stole his Star Lord costume from the set, which <laughs> is funny. But then you, the sole purpose is so that he could show up and visit sick children. That's good. With his costume, so like you can see that they just like let him keep it. Yeah, <laughs> they weren't yeah. gonna do anything after he stole it. <laughs> um, yeah. <clears throat> next one's also about, actually three of these are about Star-Lord. So I, I don't have a favorite character. I promise. Uh, <laughs> James stated that Chris Pratt's audition was so good. He was going to offer him the role, even if Pratt did not lose any weight or get in shape for yeah. the role, he was going to hire him anyway. Honestly, uh, I think it would have been fine. Yeah, he, but, he said, you know. Gunn said he was willing to CGI a six-pack onto Pratt's body. However, <laughs> Pratt asked, asked him to give him six months to lose 50 pounds, and he ended up losing 60 pounds. And you there have you that go. great scene in Parks and Rec where they explain why Andy is now super fit. And he's just like, I just stopped drinking beer, and I lost I 50 mean, pounds. <laughs> let's be real. I just stopped drinking beer, and I lost like 20. So obviously he had exercise in it, but literally <laughs> that's all I cut out, and I've lost 20 pounds. So. Beer's just not good for you, man. It's not. It's not. Anyways. Um, the Star-Lord line, if I had a black light, this would this place would look like a Jackson Pollock painting, was ad-libbed. <laughs> I love that line. <laughs> that line, every time I saw it in theaters, because I saw it three or four times in theaters, Yeah, there's a joke right before that, and mm-hmm. people are laughing, and then they don't hear the Jackson Pollock joke. Oh, like it happened no. in every single like sitting that I was in there, every screening. <laughs> I like I like the Jackson Pollock line. It's funny. It's also, funny. I think it has something to do with the fact that I don't get Jackson Pollock. Yeah, like I understand that it's art. I understand. I've read about all of the stuff that he had to do to get the splatters just right, and he's you know the way that he he trained his body to move so that he could splatter it just so. I get that so much effort went into it. And I understand that because of that, I would not be able to do something similar. I could make a splatter painting, but it would not be a Jackson Pollock. That being said, I don't know what message he's trying to convey. And I don't think that that is the message he's trying to convey. That's fair. Anyways, that's the Jackson Pollock part of the episode. Uh, (laughs) We can go on to more. We have the last... Fun fact, this is the best one. Rocky Raccoon was modeled on a raccoon named Oreo that lives in the UK. Oreo is a hyperlink. He has a page on IMDb. He oh. played a raccoon in a TV show, and then he's on there uncredited for Guardians, And but there's a shout-out to him at the end in the credits. Huh. So a raccoon has an IMDb page, which was just the best thing I learned today, absolutely. <laughs> so I was there's like, why a, is that a hyperlink? Is it going to link to, like, Oreo... Cookies, cookies like. right? 
there's a, a another movie podcast that is wonderful and if you like this podcast you'll love theirs um called unspooled and one of the hosts is amy nicholson she's a film critic uh but one of the one of the things that she loves to do is read biographies for like acting animals like <laughs> there are biographies for like the lassie dog and like you know the it's a lot dog from than the autobiography right the autobiography <laughs> is a little tough a little dicey i don't i i only my i'm monolinguistic which is a, a failing of mine but i feel like even if i was bilingual or something like that i it would not be dog that i would learn <laughs> so uh but anyways uh i it's always interesting when i can find a dog that's in one thing that's also in another mm-hmm. like the dog from brady bunch is also the dog from the movie A Boy and His Dog. Oh. Like, I'm watching this totally fucked up post-apocalyptic movie, and I'm like, wait a second. That's Tiger 2. That's Tiger 2 from Brady Bunch. (laughs) So, anyways. uh, I feel like I know a little bit already your thoughts of this movie. But tell me a little bit about your thoughts of this movie. Is this Where does this rank so far? No, this is in the upper, probably the top three, at least, of what we've watched so far. I think that... As we go on, there are more MCU movies that I like more. Yeah. But especially when Guardians came out, it just like changed, really changed the MCU. Like, yeah. Not that it's, it's not the, the same kind of culmination that Infinity War and the Endgame are. No. But it is kind of, it is a culmination of the, of the humor type that's been growing all of the MCU into. Yeah. Now, like, this is a comedy movie. Like, the, the big battle at the end is they have a dance off and then they just <laughs> kill him. It, not even like a huge thing. There's no like big crazy. There's a couple of fight scenes and they're awesome, but sure. But this is a comedy and then action movie second. I feel like, I mean, this is something that we've been talking about a lot now that up to this point, they were sort of refining the language of an MCU movie. And although there were deviations before this guardians is the first one where they're like, all right, we know the formula. How can we make it different and still feel like part of that? series because it's i think that it still feels like an mcu like even though there are no characters in this movie that are in a previous one with the exception i guess of thanos it's it it feels like it makes sense in in the storyline but it's still so you're right it's a comedy it it's the dialogue is different the just the the fact that the fact that the movie does a good job taking its comedy very seriously as opposed to making sure it's like the, the jokes aren't just, we need a joke to cut the tension. The jokes are the thing. They're what so. those characters would say or do. Right. It's not, it's not like an outside influence on it. Right. They're not saying funny. The things that they're saying aren't funny because the situation is funny. The things that they're saying are funny because these characters are funny. Mm-hmm. So anyways, I like this one a lot. I think, uh, in the interest of our theme this year being sequels, I think I like the sequel better. Yeah, <clears throat> I think I would agree. I think that at least for me, the characters that I liked in the first one that weren't expanded on as much are m- much m- more expanded on in the sequel, like yeah. Drax and Yondu, who Rocket. I both I just I love, and Rocket exactly. So I and as much as I like the soundtrack for both movies, which. That was another huge game changer for the MCU. (laughs) I love the soundtrack for the second one. Although I feel like of the soundtracks like this, my favorite soundtrack is the Captain Marvel soundtrack 
because mm-hmm. what's better than a thing making that thing from my era <laughs> what's better than an 80s soundtrack a 90s soundtrack <laughs> anyways uh do you have any more to say about uh guardians of the galaxy or the mcu in general i don't think so what's our next one age next of ultron one i think ultron, yep yeah, so I, I'm excited to talk to that one about you because I know that you have strong feelings about people that say it's the worst. Mm-hmm. So I think they need to rewatch it and, and they'll be surprised. I, uh, Having rewatched it since you said that the first time, I certainly was surprised. So uh, if you're you know following along with us on our book club of movies, feel free to watch it uh, before March and then you'll still be caught up. Anyways. Let's go back to our our uh, our list of movies. Uh, this is the top eleven. Yes, top eleven. Top eleven. <clears throat> Start. Do you want to tell and go up? Yeah. So you want to do your first six, and then sure. we'll do the top five themselves. So I have Mad Max Fury Road, World Tenenbaums, Dodgeball, mm-hmm. Speed Racer. There's my Thor Ragnarok, and then <clears throat> Ferris Bueller. All right. Actually, I think uh, two of yours are in here, or three of your top of your six are also mine. So mine was Fury Road, uh, was number eleven. Number ten is Speed Racer. Then Alien, Dodgeball, Count of Monte Cristo, and then Ninja Turtles. So yeah, I think and we have uh, both have Mad Max right at eleven. Then right. So far, that's the only two that are the same. <laughs> Uh, like I said, with the other, the, the other middle five, these really are on any given day, they could all be switched and I would still like, oh yeah, I love this movie. So, uh, I I took this like ranking thing again today. It might even be different. I know that when I took, oh, for sure. I know that when I took the ranking thing, there were a couple of times when I would answer and the, like my progress would go back because it's like, okay, now we have to. We have to reconcile the fact that you liked Dodgeball better than the Count of Monte Cristo, uh, and you like Count of Monte Cristo better than Mad Max, but you like Mad Max better than Dodgeball. Like that doesn't make sense. Like, why did you do it that way? And I'm like, I don't know. Uh, yeah. Do I contradict myself? Then yes, I contradict myself. So, anyways, uh, <clears throat> for our top five, why don't we do? We both say our number five. Both say our number four. Okay, my my five is Monte Cristo. Okay, my five is Scrooged. Oh, we have a big discrepancy on that. Well, ten. <laughs> discrepancy on that one between us wait scrooge is your number negative five yeah (laughs) (laughs) no it's 15 number four for me is shaolin soccer mine's uh tmnt i'm really glad you liked that movie teenage mean age i nerdle turtles i'm not gonna say shocked how much i love that movie yeah like it did surprise me you know honestly I was afraid that it wasn't going to hold up. Like when I put it on the list, I'm like, I really like this movie. I had assumed that you had seen it. And then when I found out you hadn't seen it, I was like, Oh no, like <laughs> this is not going to go over well, but I'm, I'm glad to see that it holds up. I mean, like I said, like we talked about in the episode, there are some things that are a little dated, although they were dated when they happened. Right. But <clears throat> I think that it holds up. Uh, my number three is Ferris Bueller. And uh, Star Wars. Empire Strikes Back. You're wrong, you can- but I appreciate you saying that. I'm sure that's your number one. You can imagine what my top two are, but what's your what's your number? Two? My number two is Lord of the Rings: The Two Towers. Hey, we share another one. <laughs> hey, 
I uh, I know why you said this because I guessed when we made the lists that Lord of the Rings Two Towers would be your number one because I know how you feel about the series as a whole. But I liked your reasoning why it's not number one. For I remember that reasoning. <laughs> <laughs> you told me that it wasn't your number one because for you, the Two Towers that would be like saying the middle third of Shaolin Soccer is one of your favorite movies, yeah. and that's fair. That's reasonable. I get that. It, it's it's hard to if it were Return of the King. It would be Wind and Blown because that's my favorite of the Lord of the Rings movies. Yeah. And if it were Fellowship, it'd probably still be in the same spot it is right now. Yeah. Two but. Towers, I think. I mean, I think that any based on this list here, any of the Lord of the Rings movies would have been in number two. But Two Towers is my favorite. So it's a solid number two instead of a more nebulous number two. Yeah, because it is your favorite Lord of the Rings. It is. <clears throat> also, number one is Star Wars Five: The Empire Strikes Back. It's a Star Wars movie. I fucking love Star Wars movies. And I love Empire Strikes Back. It's definitely the top 10 best Star Wars movies. It is. Mine's Blade Runner 2049. I I enjoyed that movie, I think, a lot more than I thought I was going to. And I think that it's a gorgeous movie. Mm-hmm. The movie I can remember having, feeling the most emotions. Not even, like, necessarily good or bad, but, like, right. scene where he, he's going he's going walking down into the furnace room and he goes mm-hmm. to where he hit the horse and he pulls it open and the horse is in there which has all these repercussions and like the music going on like my heart was beating so fucking fast in the movie theater yeah. like i was freaking <laughs> out but it's not even it wasn't even like a tense scene it was just right it all came together in that way that yeah. and probably spider-verse or the movies i remember in the last like 10 years vividly remember seeing in the theater because of having these emotions that I felt while I was watching them. Yeah. I think, uh, I mean, not surprisingly, a lot of the star recent star Wars movies have been that way for me. I feel like especially rogue one. Uh, mm-hmm. and I feel like star Wars eight as well. Uh, and nine and seven and all of them. It doesn't matter anyways, but also I feel like, uh, dark Knight rises was that way. I saw that movie five times in the theater. Well, four and a half. Cause I had to leave early one time to pick up Jack. And then we immediately went back to the theater and watched it again. <laughs> uh, but I saw that movie a lot of times in the theater. And, and yeah, I feel like there were there were many instances in that movie where I was like, oh, my God, what's going to happen now or whatever. <laughs> All right. That's uh, that's our 22 movies from this year. Uh, I think that, like I said, I think this is a great list. I feel like next year's list is going to be similarly great because I've already we've already got a bunch of ones that we're going to do because our theme is a light is live action and animated so there will be a lot of pairs this year where we pair a live action movie and an animated movie together so not only are we going to continue to have you know the the topic is blah 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 uh it will we will also be able to discuss why you might want to tell that story or do that thing live action or animated so you know things like that uh, like we already said that our next uh, what do you do MCU what do you do MCU is uh, Age of Ultron and I uh, I think that we're solid on the fact that our next pair is going to be uh, Les Miserables the singing one with Hugh Jackman and Watership Down the original one not the miniseries on Netflix for that is not a movie it's a miniseries. Uh, but the movie, which for those of you who have HBO Max is on there and also Criterion Channel, which is great and I never use it, but it's there too. Uh, but uh, I, the theme there is uh, duty and responsibility <laughs> and crying a lot is part of the theme for those two movies. Uh, 
I think that I, the first time I saw Les Mis, I cried for a good long time afterwards. And the second time, I cried for a shorter but still embarrassingly long amount of time. I haven't seen it's that. very moving. I'm ready to cry. It's, they're pretty good. I feel like you're going to cry a lot at Watership Down because yeah, I, I feel like you have, right, you have feelings on animals doing dutiful things, I feel. I do. Duty. I do do. I do do it. We all do do. So anyways, uh, <clears throat> until then, until later on uh, in this month, we uh, thanks. Thanks for thanks for listening. And uh, keep watching movies. And we love you. And uh, we love you.